Welcome to this episode of the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. The mission of the Greenville Oaks Church of Christ is to inspire people to follow Jesus because we are convinced that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Find out more about Greenville Oaks or connect with us online at greenvilleoaks.org. As always, we ask that you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It makes it easier for others to find us. And now, on to this week's message with Lead Minister Colin Packer. together to learn from God's word. Father in heaven, we thank you for the gift of your son that we celebrate each year at the season. We often talk about the death, burial, and resurrection. If it were not for those events, uh, we would not have a hope of forgiveness, of established relationship with you again, because we make so many mistakes, God. We always seem to put you uh, behind the place you're supposed to be in, which is at the uh, first in our lives. But it's not without the birth of your son into the world that we would have any of that hope. So this morning, God, I I pray that you would pour through me uh, your message, the gift of preaching this morning, so that we might uh, be reminded of what is most important in this season and what we are most grateful for. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus and all God's people said, amen. If there's one thing I'm terrible at, it's waiting. The other day, I was pulling into Whataburger because my, my kids wanted a meal and Holly was working that evening. And, uh, and so I, I pull into the drive through line at Whataburger. And if you've ever been there before at mealtime, it can be a little bit crowded. And so I thought I could circumvent the waiting by pulling into the, uh, that curbside parking spot. And I realized I can just download that app right now and I can order and maybe I can beat the, the drive through line. And so I pulled into the spot number two and and I, I, I tried to download that app, and it took a little longer than I expected for my cell phone to connect with that satellite in the sky and come back down. It's amazing how fast we expect things to work these days. And so finally I get it downloaded, and I get the order in, which I'm sure my wife could have done much quicker than I could with technology. And, and finally I'm waiting on the order, and I, I get it. And, and Whataburger's great, but I tell you, it can, it can take a long time in line. I think it's because they make it so fresh, right? I mean, that's why we appreciate it so much. And so I'm on my way home and I get this FaceTime call from uh, my youngest, Brooklyn, six years old. She already knows how to work the iPad enough to call dad and said, dad, where are you? We've been waiting on you forever. And, and so uh, I said, well, don't worry, I'm on my way home. I'll be there soon. Uh, and the burger and fries and shake, oh, we loved it. It was great. But that waiting, it can be difficult. Earlier this year, uh, all five in our family ended up getting COVID in October and November. And uh, it, it happened because my wife was at the hospital working and she got it and she gave us that great gift that gets passed on. But as we uh, were waiting on her test results, I realized how important those test results would be. Because what it would affect to have a positive test in our family was a lot of things from schools to Holly's work to, well, a lot of questions about church as well. 
And that waiting was really difficult until we realized that, well, my, Holly had been next to my mom at a baseball game uh, and they didn't have their masks on outside. And, and so we had this concern about not just our own family and the impact, but what if, what if my mom were to get it and what impact would that have? And, and so we were waiting on those test results and gratefully my mom ended up negative and we were able to work our way through that, but it was the waiting. And so many of you've had that experience this year of maybe even in your own family, waiting on those COVID test results, wondering if it's just going to be two weeks of quarantine or, or something worse might come of it as well. And many more of us are praying we won't even have to have those tests and wait on those results. And it's been hard to wait. And 2020 has been a year of waiting. We waited on election results. And if you're anything like me, you stayed up with more hope. We'd know by the end of the night uh, only to discover it would take a, a few days to find out. And now we're waiting again, waiting on vaccines to uh, hopefully make things a, a little bit more like normal this next year. That's what we want, isn't it? We want our lives to get back to normal. And ultimately, isn't that what we're all waiting on? We want to be able to give and receive hugs, don't we? We want to be able to get back with our church family as we used to so often. We want to be able to walk around seeing people's smiles again and without interacting with people as if they might be an actual threat to us all the time. And as if on cue, as I was writing about this longing to, for things to be back uh, to normal, I was at the coffee shop writing this and Jess Ellis walked into the coffee shop as a walking reminder of God's activity in the world. Jess is a member at Greenville Oaks who I hadn't seen for, for nine months. And it was just, I was so grateful to see his face and, and to be able to hear how things were going and to hear his gratitude for the online services. Hi, Jess, if you're watching this morning, worshiping with us. But even that encounter reminded me of so many of you that I haven't seen over the last nine months or so. Waiting is hard. And if there's anything I've learned in 2020, it's that I don't wait well. I don't know about you. I haven't spent time in the gym working on my waiting muscles very often over the years. 2020 has revealed a lot about me. But one core learning has been that I need to be more patient. Patience, after all, is a fruit of the Spirit. And I've heard it said, be careful what you pray for. Because if you pay for patience, you might just get given opportunities to show patience. And whoever was praying for that last year about this time, you can stop your prayers, okay? God has answered. Perhaps the greatest shame of living through this year would be that we didn't learn anything through these experiences of the last nine months. Uh, how many of you are Hallmark Christmas movie people out there this morning? Maybe some online as well, raising hands. Now, I, I don't watch that many of them, I'll be honest. But there is one thing I've learned from Hallmark Christmas movies, and it is this. You don't want to be the first boyfriend in the movie. I mean, am I right? I may have missed the one Hallmark movie that diverts from the normal storyline, but that's pretty much the lesson I've learned most is you got to be patient in these stories. You got to learn to wait. And this is the gift of the season that we're in. Yes, Christmas is coming. But Christmas is the culmination of something. Christmas concludes a season known as Advent. Now, if you grew up in a church like mine, you didn't grow up hearing the word Advent. 
Growing up, my only connection to Advent was that cardboard calendar that had those perforated doors on them, 1 to 25, and I just knew we were going to get one of those, and I I was excited each morning when I got to eat one of those uh, chocolates, if I could tear open that perforated box. And I knew that every time we opened a new door, it would be closer to Christmas, closer to the presents. And that was actually an Advent calendar I was opening. And the lesson of the Advent calendar was one of anticipation. Each day I opened a door... It was intended to fill me with anticipation about what was coming. Now, don't get me wrong. I look forward to, to Christmas in those days, but mostly it was the presents I look forward to. But I believe Advent is exactly what we are in need of this season. Lots of people know about holidays. One day a year that we set apart from all the others. Well, several of the days of the year, I guess, with different holidays. But in the first few centuries of the church, they understood that one day just wasn't enough. Instead, they set up a calendar filled with seasons, whole periods of time we enter into with a specific cry, a particular intention for a reason. One of those periods was before Easter. The church referred to it as Lent. It was a time to celebrate the gift of the resurrection on Easter, but prior to that, It was important, they believed, to enter into a period of intentional awareness of our frailty, our sins, our smallness. To dust dust you come from and to dust you'll return. Because one day, we're all going to die. And you tend to celebrate Easter a bit more when you know that reality is true because what Easter brings is promise of life. And so Advent is about anticipating the birth of Christ. It's about longing and desire, that which is to come, that which isn't here yet. And so we wait expectantly together with an ache because all is not right. I'm sure I can get an amen this year about that. Something's missing. Advent is about learning to wait well, not learning to wait just in a line at Whataburger or waiting on your COVID test results or waiting on that vaccine to come. Advent whispers to us all, the wait will be worth it. The Advent narratives are filled with people who are waiting. Israel is waiting on a Messiah who will come, this Savior of the people of Israel. They've been waiting for a while at this point. And Elizabeth and Zechariah, right, the parents of John the Baptist, they're waiting for nine months on this baby to be born. They've been waiting a lot longer than that for a child to come to them. Mary and Joseph are waiting as well. So I'd love for you, if you have your Bibles with you this morning, your phones, to open to the the Gospel of Luke, chapter 2, this morning. I want to read verses 4 and 5. Pay close attention to those words of waiting uh, and expectancy in in these verses. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee in Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. I like that word, expecting. It has a bit more edge than waiting, doesn't it? They were expecting. Expecting paints the picture of a person on their tiptoes, looking out, waiting on something to come. Almost like that father in the prodigal son story, right? Waiting to run to meet him. But there are others in the story who were waiting as well. They're forgotten characters in the Christmas story. Anna and Simeon, do you remember them? I love their story. Patiently, they're expectantly waiting at the temple. I want to read that story to you right now from Luke 2, verses 22 and following. 
When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him, that is Jesus, to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went into the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people, Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, this child is destined to cause the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and a sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet, Anna, the daughter of Penuel, the, of the tribe of Asher. She was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage. And then she was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple, but worshiped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Israel. You can hear it, can't you? Waiting, looking forward to. What a beautiful picture these two give us of a model of what it looks like to wait expectantly on the Messiah who would come. It is Anna and Simeon's example of waiting that invites us to a similar posture in our own time. They lived with patient expectation. I like that phrase, patient expectation, and were receptive to the good news when it arrived. Their hope did not come as a result of a victory in a battle. It came like a seed planted in the ground, like the sun rising in defiance of the night, like a child growing within his mother. Yes, Advent is an invitation to wait on more than a vaccine. We look forward to the possibilities that the vaccine may contain a return to some form of normal that we've known before. Yes, we do. But let us not forget we are waiting on more than that. Yes, Advent is an invitation to remind ourselves of the longing for Jesus we all have in our lives. That Jesus' return would make all things new. Some of you already know what I'm about to share because you pay attention maybe to your social media and you found this. Or maybe you paid attention to uh, your astronomy books or you've paid attention to the news lately. But tomorrow night on December 21st, some of you are already shaking your heads, there's actually a, a wonderful opportunity to remind yourself of the first Christmas and what it was all about. See, in the year Jesus was born, there was violence, chaos, and political and social unrest. But in the midst of such darkness, there, was, there, there were wise men who came from the east, magi, because they noticed, of all things, a star in the sky. They saw this star as a sign that the king of Jews had been born and they traveled with great expectation to present gifts and to worship the newborn king. 
And this year, well, it's 2020, a year filled with violence, chaos, political and social unrest. And yet, tomorrow night, December 21st, the winter solstice of all times, a time when the day is shortest and the night is the longest, Jupiter and Saturn will sit closer in the night sky than they have in 800 years. We're talking back to the time of Marco Polo. That's how long it's been. About 400 years ago, apparently they came together uh, as close as they'll be tomorrow night, but it was during the day. So it's been 800 years since the night sky showed this uh, closeness. And I want to invite you tomorrow night, whether it's uh, whoever's in your home, if it's just you, if it's uh, a friend or a spouse, if it's your your family that's all together, I want to encourage you to go outside tomorrow night. Apparently it's uh, about an hour after sunset they encourage you to go out about 6.30 our time would be what that would be. A couple hours, maybe the closest. I would encourage you to go out and, uh, and to look up at the night sky. It should be to the west-southwest is what they're telling us. And uh, these planets uh, that have been coming closer together will almost be aligned. They, they're not quite sure how close they'll be, but I want to encourage you to go outside tomorrow night and think back to that first Christmas. Think about the waiting and the longing and the expectation to think about all that was going on in that world and the peace that Jesus came to bring. And I want you to also remember and reflect on this past year. Maybe it'll be an opportunity to ask those who are with you uh, about uh, what the year has been like for them. And to be reminded that as dark as this year is, that this star, well, it looks maybe something like it would have on that night in Bethlehem. See, in our chaos, God is here. Do you believe that, church? You believe that even in a year such as this, that God's been present, has been there working on you and with you through this year? In our darkest time, God is here. God brings light and makes all things new. See, there's a reason that we celebrate Christmas when we do. It's not because Christians in the past believed that Jesus was actually born on this date or could figure out exactly when that time was. Scriptures don't exactly lay that out. But it's because they realized that December 25th is around the time when the days start getting longer and the nights start getting shorter. They celebrated Christmas on that day because this is the day when light starts coming back into the world. So let us wait well, church. Let us wait with expectation, as Mary and Joseph did. Because it's not just the truth that we celebrate at Christmas that Jesus once came to earth. Certainly we celebrate that. But it's also that he's promised that he's going to come again. And so that same longing that the people had in the the, the first century, waiting on this Messiah who would be born, it's also the same hope in us that we long for that Jesus will come again. And so I hope this year and maybe tomorrow night, this reminder will be there. We'll be here on Christmas Eve to celebrate again. And so we hope you'll join us online or you'll join us in the room at 4 and 5.30. But tomorrow night's an opportunity to go outside, maybe to read this story once again out of the book of Matthew where it talks about that star and to be reminded that God has brought us thus far and he will continue to carry us forward. Uh, Let me pray as we close our time this morning. Father, I confess this morning that uh, I'm not that good uh, of a wait, waiter. I don't wait as patiently uh, as I'd like to learn to. 
And this year, whoever was praying for it, you provided us opportunities. You've allowed us uh, to see insight into our souls and our spirits about the, the persistent hope we have or maybe the lack of it, about the doubt or the faith that comes along with all of this. You've given us a chance to bolster our faith, and some of us uh, coming into 21 are, are more hopeful than we've ever been for all kinds of reasons. God, others of us right now, we are in deep grief. We are mourning because of things that have happened in 2020 that we never imagined would have come. God, I, I, I'm so appreciative that you're a God who doesn't just sit in joy with those who celebrate and doesn't just sit in mourning with those who need it. God, there's a time and a season for all of these experiences and emotions. But in the midst of the darkest night, you remind us with the moon in the sky, you remind us with Jupiter and Saturn tomorrow night, you remind us through the story of Christmas and your son that there is hope, that light is coming into the world. And God, actually, it's the light that shines brightest in the midst of the darkest night sky. I thank you for the reminder in the, in the heavens tomorrow night, God, the reminder in uh, the Bible that we've just read this morning and the reminder that we'll celebrate in these coming days. But God, help us to be a people who don't just celebrate what you've done in the past in bringing Jesus into the world, but also look with expectation about what you will do in the future. And God, it's in the name of Jesus that we pray this prayer. Amen. Be standing now as we close our time uh, this morning. Again, I encourage you tomorrow night to go outside uh, 6.30 or so and reflect on what the last year has been like and the hope that's ahead. I also encourage you to come and join us on the 24th, 4 and 5.30, to light candles and be reminded of the hope that we have. I'll be excited to be here then as we are every year. But for now, I want to close by saying this. May you, my brothers and sisters, generously share the abundance, that abundant life that is yours and promised in Jesus Christ. Go in peace today. Thank you for listening to this message from the Greenville Oaks Message Broadcast. We hope this message helps you to inspire people to follow Jesus because you're convinced, like we are, that following Jesus is the best way of life possible. Connect with us on Instagram. You can find and follow us there at Greenville Oaks. Discover more about the Greenville Oaks Church online at greenvilleoaks.org.